Sippers, welcome to this spooky Halloween episode of the Tea With Me podcast. As you can see, I'm in fancy dress. I've dressed up as an attractive man. You know, that's what I go as every year, and that's why I always win the competition prize. One year, whenever I was in primary school, we were allowed to dress up for Halloween, and I dressed up as Father Todd, which was a hilarious play on Father Ted, and I thought I was a cert to win. Had a wee outfit on, had a, we went in with a wee Bible, I had the collar, it was all good, and then um, I didn't even place in the top three. I was like, this is bullshit, and the teacher's like, there's nothing scary about your outfit, you're dressed as a priest. Now, with hindsight, I would argue, I maybe should have won. Sippers, it's a spooky... Halloween spectacular episode is it or have I decided at the last minute it's a Halloween episode who knows who knows but look Halloween's a good time I think people are going to get really freaky this year because you know we're having Halloween at home we're in the middle of this pandemic nobody's allowed out nobody's going to the bars nobody's Halloween rhyming if you see honestly I mean this when I said if any kids come to your door trick-or-treating phone the police honestly because if they have masks on if they're doing it for a distance maybe they have like a big extendable plastic arm that you can put money on and they can retract it, then that's fine. But if any kids come to your door, just trick or treat with no masks on. Um, yeah, just phone the police immediately, not the emergency number. Um, and hopefully they'll go to postal for that. Um, it's it's a good it's a good time. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a big Halloween guy. I'm not really a big Halloween guy. I've never carved a pumpkin for toxic, and I'm not in Halloween because. I'm not really, I don't I don't like to scare myself. You know, Halloween, it's all about ghost stories, scary films, and I don't like that because, here's the thing, I'm 32, right, but I, and I'll openly say this on the podcast, I won't spend a lot of time at the bottom of my bed with exposed legs. Do you know what I mean by that? I, I don't run and jump into bed anymore. But at the same time, I won't loiter at the bottom of my bed just in case an uncle reaches a hand out and grabs my ankle. That's my number one fear. Like I, I don't like Halloween because I don't know for sure that there's nobody under my bed. It's happened before, it'll happen again. But Halloween's, I mean, are people doing parties at home? I don't know. I don't, I, I don't have, the only memories I have really of Halloween are Halloween rhyming which I enjoyed. We talked about it earlier in the week of the podcast. I made the point that you've got to do the proper Halloween rhyme. Otherwise, you know, otherwise you don't deserve anything. Dan, whenever you were a young a young boy growing up in Oma, did you Halloween rhyme? No, never. You never Halloween rhyme? Why? Is it because you, like, did you live more in the countryside? Yeah, I lived outside the town. So by the time you got to your neighbour's door, you were absolutely punctured. <laughs> Halloween rhyming how much did you get 20p and a stitch because I had to walk 18 miles to the nearest house uh, you never Halloween rhymed no never I've never even heard of the rhyme until this week and episode until the podcast yeah oh wow do you feel like you missed out do you feel like there's any part of your childhood that no I think I'm alright do you think next year might be the year where you just get a screen mask on and just head around Belfast City Centre? <laughs> Standard weekend, anyway. <laughs> With a knife? Hey, any cash? Um, Halloween Ram was fun because you knew straight away if it was going to be a good time or not. And Mike, Halloween Ram in Hollywood was 
a big deal. Cash, cash money. I mean, yeah, Halloween around in Hollywood is better than anywhere because, you know, you would go to a house expecting 20p and you would get three grand. You would get three grand and a second-hand Merc and you're like, I'm eight, I don't need this. And the, the guy would go, mate, it's no good to me, it's clogging up space in my driveway. Halloween Ram in Hollywood was, cla- you would call it a guy's house and instead of getting like an apple, because some people used to just give you like an apple, like an old lady would give you an apple, call to someone's house in Hollywood, the guy would be like, listen, do you fancy some duck ragu in a takeaway thing? Unreal. Halloween Ram in Hollywood. Halloween Ram in Hollywood, just kids walking about, chipping pin machine, taking PayPal, taking all kinds of payments. Um, I want to look at for this episode. I want to. I'm, I'm. I'm a little bit off balance here, starting off because I'm driving my dad's car at the minute because my car's getting fixed, and a builder. Here's the thing: my dad's car's an automatic, and I have never really driven automatic apart from when I'm in America. And I say that like I'm in America every other week. Twice I've driven an automatic. And I was driving out of the driveway today. And all I have to do is like a a small three-point turn. And there was a builder walking past at the same time. And I hit the brake instead of the accelerator. So the car went like this. And then I was like, oh shit. And I did exactly the same thing again. The builder saw me as a damsel in distress. And started to direct me out of my own driveway. To just get out of my own driveway. And I, I was like... I was so flustered. I was going to wind down the window and go, uh, first time driving automatic, and that would have meant he knew what the crack was, but he thought I just couldn't drive, and I kept hitting the brake and going for. And I'm just looking at this man, like, going forward, and he's, like, waving me out, and I'm like, mate, I un- I, I understand the objective is for me to get out of my drive. All you're doing is waving me out of my driveway. I'm like, why do you want me to leave my driveway? Um, so I just felt very emasculated, very emasculated by that. And because he was a builder and stuff, I just, I just felt very vulnerable, and um, and it took me about seventeen minutes to do a three point turn to get away. So what I want to do in this episode, is, oh, by the way, before we go any further, I want to thank one of one of the main sippers. I want to thank Owen Murray from Murray's Painting and Decorating for uh, for just giving us a mug that says Murray's Painting and Decorating sip sip. And I, I enjoy that a lot. I enjoy that sippers are sending in bespoke mugs to us. Um, so if you want to send, people have emailed us before saying, can we send you stuff? And if you do want to send us anything, as long as it's not a chimp, you know, like a chimpanzee, for example, like I, we would not know between us how to raise a chimpanzee at all. We're not actually at the office very often. But we have an address now where if you want to send something, we can pick it up. So the address is... 120 High Street, Hollywood, BT 18 9H. Hang on. BT 18 9HW. 120 High Street, Hollywood, BT 18 9HW. Don't double check down because that is what it is. I'm not just giving out a random postcode. Um, and you, you can address it to. Um, what are we called? You can address it to. You can address it to 1L, O-N-E space L, if you want to send us anything. And I don't know why I've gone to the length of saying that because no one will ever send us anything. So what I want to do is look at some classic ghost stories because, um, you know, it's a spooky time of year. I like Halloween when people will be more open to the paranormal because one of the weird things I find about the paranormal, you know, when people say they've seen ghosts and all that kind of thing, one thing I find weird about that is you haven't. 
you know, it's interesting that people will tell you that when they've seen a ghost, but then it's also interesting that, you know, you also are fully aware that they haven't ever seen a ghost. Because here's the thing, nobody has ever seen a ghost. It's not, you know when someone's like, I felt a presence. I always think I am feeling also a presence of a fucking lunatic because there isn't a thing. Like, if there was a ghost, why has it not been on camera by now? You know what I mean? Like, if there was a ghost, it would be the most unbelievable thing in the history of the world, of all time. It would be the most amazing thing in history. If someone had come back to life and manifested themselves in this world, it hasn't happened. And the thing about it is, I understand, like, people, like, want, you know, like, want to feel something. And who am I to be, like, that didn't happen, but at the, at the same time... Chances are, when someone's like, no, I was standing in a field at 2am, and then my first thought is, why are you standing, that you're doing something weird, and someone will be like, and I felt a breath on my shoulder, and that was, that was, that was Elvis Presley's way of telling me that he's with me, and part of me is going, but could it not have been the wind? You know, but then, and then the person will be like, no, because I felt the breath on my shoulder and then I heard, oh, <laughs> that's one where I'm like, oh, that is hard to explain. That probably was the king himself. I read about Elvis Presley recently that um, he only performed once outside of America. Isn't that weird? He performed in Canada once because apparently his manager said like, oh, you know, just concentrate on here and you don't need to be going anywhere else. The shows won't be as good and just stay here because his manager was worried that, you know, he's going to be signed by somebody else or he was going to be too big for him to manage. And that, in a lot of ways, reminds me of Dan. So I have some Northern Ireland ghost stories here, some genuine accounts on the Culture Northern Ireland website of spooky stories that have happened. So I will tell you whether these are real or not. Let's just go into it. John Street, demolished during the construction of Royal Avenue in the 1880s, connected Donegal Street to North Street. One of the old street's country-type houses was said to have been haunted by the ghost of an elderly woman. It all it always is. It's never a 23-year-old guy. Ghosts are always an elderly woman. They're never an athletic hunk. It was claimed the ghost threw items of pottery and furniture around the back downstairs room and on one occasion wrecked everything in the yard. One of the residents later claimed to have seen what appeared to have been an old woman walking up and down the back room talking to herself. In May 1882, workmen lay new, laid new pipes and sewers. They discovered the bones of an old woman which had laid buried for a number of years. The bones were removed and buried in the Union graveyard and the hauntings were never heard of again. Um, so the thing about that is, like, the thing about that is, now that has freaked me out just a wee bit because that would be the worst kind of, no, when the wor I was going to say the worst kind of ghost to see would be an old woman, but it wouldn't. Categorically, the worst kind of ghost to see would be, a, a like, a toddler. Like, a, no, like, older than a toddler, like, a, a, a six-year-old child. Like, my fear is, because I've had nightmares about this before, not, like, regularly, but... You might ima like imagine you go down. Imagine this, right? Imagine you you hear something in the night, or you freaked out or whatever, and you go down to downstairs in your house, and on the in the hallway, you just see this boy with his back to you, 
and he's just looking at a wall. Like he's not looking, like he's not even watching TV. He's just looking at a wall and he's just standing there and you go, you all right, mate? And imagine he turns around and says, yes, thanks. And it's you when you were younger. Or even freakier, imagine if it's your face now. Imagine if you walked down your stairs to see you and what would make it way more freak dressed as a Victorian, like in Victorian times gear. You, you alright mate? And then you turn around and go, yeah I'm dead on mate. Just a, I'm a Victorian ghost here mate. I would hate that so much because, I would hate that because my number one reflex would, because it would freak me out so much and I, I feel like oh no ghosts and all I'm in danger, I would, I would probably fly kick the boy. That's me being honest. I would probably do a kick to the boy and then I would feel really bad if the police then later told me, listen, he just lives down the street from you and he got confused and he ended up in your house. He just got confused. He sleepwalked. <laughs> he sleepwalks. And he just, he went, you didn't lock your front door and he was just trying to get out and you kicked him in the head. Why have you done that? And I go, but mate, he's dressed as a Victorian boy. And the policeman will be like, no, he's just wearing white pyjamas. He's just wearing pyjamas. You know, he's wearing his mum's nighty. Uh, that, that's why that, that's why this Halloween, you got to be careful. you got to be on alert. Make sure that it is a ghost you're about to kick and not just a lost boy. You know, so that's one to look out for. But the idea that an old woman would, you know, wreck a backyard and stuff like a wee old woman, probably not. You know what I mean? She'd be frail. Although it's Belfast, you know, it's Belfast, you know, Belfast old women are kind of... Because my granny was, you know, a Belfast old woman. And uh, and Belfast old women are tough. You know what I mean? They're strong. So could I see? Could I have seen my granny back in the day throwing about some pottery? Yes, in the right circumstance, one hundred percent. Um, but the idea that see, I don't like that. The idea that they're like, oh, we've dug up these bones and we've moved them somewhere else now, and now everything's fine. You you know the idea of a haunted house. Is just not. It's not really a thing. And why were these workmen, big skirt boys, you know, as well? Why were they like, you just need to get this out of here and move it away or we're not doing this job? You know, I just I just don't, I don't believe that. I think the yard, if I'm being honest, I think the house was wrecked, it was trashed because someone, someone had, you know, was like maybe buying gear and a deal has gone wrong and someone's wrecked their house. You know what I mean? It's very easy to be like, you know, if the reality was somebody in 1884 or whatever was buying a bit of, what would the gear have been back then? You know, buying a bit of snuff powder and then a dealer's come to their house. What what was what was gear back then? I don't know. Yeah, opium or something. O- opium? <laughs> Dan's eyes got very wide there. Yeah, somebody was pro- somebody probably in that house bought opium and then a dealer's come round to their house on a unicycle. <laughs> <laughs> that's how people got around back then how much would you not have respected drug dealers back then when the guy comes around with a monocle and a unicycle and a leather satchel of opium <laughs> he's come around and he's like where's, where's my money and like he probably it probably wasn't good swear words like he wouldn't have been like where's my money dickhead he'd be like good sir you've besmirched me where's the money for this where's the coin for this opium and then the guy's like, man, I don't have your money. And the guy's trashed the place. And then his mum and dad have come down. 
And we're like, what's happened here? What's happened here? And he's gone, there was a wee old woman talking to herself. And the reality was, he was just trying to buy gear. Scotty Shoe at Grand Central Hotel. The Grand Central Hotel stood on the site of the now-occupied Castle Court. Well, do you know what's really freaky? I've seen the Grand Central Hotel. And I, because people are saying here that this was in the 1914s. And I actually, this is really freaky, but I was, what a, the night, yeah, nine, no, not the 1914s, but um, they're a band. But I, I have actually seen the Grand Central Hotel recently. So it used to be where Castle Court is, but I have seen it. And that might be like a spirit appearing to me, but I'm convinced I've seen a 75-story structure called the Grand Central Hotel. Um, it used to be where Castle Court is. It was reputedly haunted by one of its original gas fitters, nicknamed Scotty Shoe. <laughs> oh, oh, for sure, a, a Belfast gas fitter was called Scotty Shoe. And the reason he was called that was because he was from Scotland and he wore shoes. <laughs> Alright mate, what's your name and all? Alright pal, I'm Scotty See you're wearing shoes there You know what we're calling him? <laughs> Scotty Shoes um, During the First World War The hotel was Requestioned By the British Army Requisitioned By the British Army On the night of 26th of May 1914, it was the turn of William Jenkins, the garrison's commanding officer, to patrol the building. A short time later, the men were alarmed by the sound of Jenkins screaming in the upper floors and discovered him lying at the foot of the stairs, nervous and shaking, because he'd bought opium from that guy on the unicycle. Back at his quarters, Jenkins told him he had been confronted by the figure of a man moving towards him. Seconds later, he knew what he, he was seeing was not real, as the lower part of the figure's legs seemed to be through the floor. Well, I, I, we still don't know why Scotty, why this original gas fitter was called Scotty Shoe. Also, the original gas fitter's a far better nickname than Scotty Shoe, <laughs> the original gas fitter. Um, see, these aren't these aren't making the hairs in the back of my neck stand up. I need something that's going to really, really get me going. Oh, the Sandy Row ghost story. A thoroughfare of Sandy Row is almost as old as the town of Belfast itself. In 1879, a coal porter named James Aitchison and his family moved into number 60 Sandy Row and soon felt uneasy in their new home. The eight-year-old daughter slept in a back upstairs room and occasionally she woke up in the middle of the night screaming. When her parents rushed in, she claimed to have seen a strange man in her bedroom. When, when the Aitchison family moved elsewhere, the house was occupied by a labourer named Laurie. Carrying out repairs in his backyard, he noticed an elderly man standing at the bottom of his ladders. He called to the man and received no reply, but when he began to come down the ladders, the elderly man disappeared before his eyes. <laughs> you alright there, man? These are the shittest ghost stories of all time. It probably was just some old man looking the neck of ladder and realising there's a fella at the top of it. <laughs> The house lay derelict for a number of years until at the turn of the century, the Ashwood family converted it into a hairdresser's. Workmen reported seeing the figure of a man in the backyard, but when they went out to investigate and no one was there, if these are the same workmen from the house of the old lady, I think these are just cowboy builders, just delaying the build. A 77-year-old man named Corbett had lived in the house for much of the last century. 
<laughs> Corbett was said to be doting, and due to his unusual behaviour, became very well known through Sandy Rowe. In 1876, his housekeeper's son returned from work and he was sitting down for a meal. He inquired where his seat was. His mother informed him Corbett had took it out to the backyard to do something and that it must still be out there. The man went out to search for the chair and saw it lying at the backyard wall. When he went to get it, he saw Corbett hanged inside an enclave on a crook in the wall. I mean, that's not really a ghost story, it's just fucking grim. Right, last one. The Railway Ghost of Ballymacarrot. One November evening at the turn of the 20th century, a, si- a signalman coming off duty on the County Down Railway walked through dense fog on the railway track above the winding streets in Ballymacarrot. I used to play indoor football on Monday nights. <laughs> that makes it even spookier. <laughs> Nine until ten, I used to play indoor there. Class. So I, th- so this makes it this ups the ante a bit because I've been in this place. The seven thirty Bangor train had just passed along the line when he heard someone not far behind him, and eventually he could make out the figure of a woman approaching through the fog. The signalman and young woman made their way back to the station together, where he bade the woman good night and signed off for work before making his way to the Aero Bar at Bridge End. <laughs> Here, maybe at the Aero Bar at Bridge End. That sounds class. Bridge End now is just there's nothing there. Fucking the Aero Bar. Once in the pub, he recounted the story to another railway worker. One was startled to hear him say the woman had given her name as Hanvey and told the company about an incident that took place in 1896 when a local man stumbled upon the mutated remains of a young woman lying scattered over the railway junction. The body was later identified as that of Catherine Hanvey, a single woman of around 30 years of age who had worked as a domestic servant in a house in the Lisburn Road. The inquest verdict recorded that Catherine Hanvey, on the Hollywood and Bangor branch of the Belfast and County Down Railway, came to her death from injuries received caused by an engine and train passing over her. That one is actually pretty scary. Like, that that one is relatively scary. But what, you know, do you know what, can I just do something really quick? Call Dave Elliott. I'm going to ask Dave to tell me if he picks up. He might not want to, but Dave has one of the scariest Halloween ghost stories of all time. And I don't know if he'll tell me. This will This will honestly put chills up, people. Baby, could you do me a favour? Well, I'm on the podcast right now. Could you do me a favour? We're talking about ghost stories and I've read these like Halloween ghost stories. None of them are that scary. Could you could you just like really quickly tell me what happened to you? Just like even a short version of it, if that's okay. Well, long story short, basically moved in a new house and um, went up, left some stuff at the house and there was an old woman who lived in the house next door and she was like, don't move in there. And I was like, why? And she was like, it's haunted. And then obviously I just smacked her and went in anyway. And as I went in, I was fine, ignored it, left all my stuff. Thought, you know what, new house, let's go out and celebrate. So I went out for a few drinks. And I say a few drinks, got pretty pretty drunk, in fairness. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, listen, I was young once, many months ago. And after that, I came back to the house, obviously, because that's where I, I live now, you know. And... And um, basically passed out, sleep, and just woke up. 
in the middle of the night and I just heard this like strange noise. I was like, oh no, what's that? And like looked at the bottom of the bed and I could sort of sense a presence in the house and looked at the bottom of the bed and there was this like ghost there. And I was like, oh my God. And I, I was frozen with fear. I didn't know whether it was like the fear or like the drink, but either way mm-hmm. I couldn't move. And I just, I just all I could do was speak and I looked at the, the ghost and went, are you a ghost? And then the ghost went, I made, and I went, oh no. And then I just sort of lay there in silence and then the ghost spoke again. He was like, mate, I'm just taking your TV, okay? And I went, yes, whatever you need. And then, and then he left and I was like, oh no, fell back asleep again. And about like 10 minutes, I saw the vision again. And he come back and he was like, here, bro, do you have a TV remote for that TV and all? And I went, yeah, it's just there too. And then he took it and went. And that was basically my, my one and only experience with a ghost. And then I was so terrified. I woke up the next morning and checked and the TV and remote was gone. I'm a PlayStation. I'm a car as well. So it was, so it was a poltergeist? It was a poltergeist? Yes, it was, it was whatever it was. It took a lot of my stuff and needed it for the afterlife, clearly. Um, and I also did find like a wee, you know, blunt end, like a, a, a roll-up joint on the ground and an empty bottle of Old English cider as well, which was pretty creepy. What do you think he was trying to tell you with that? Maybe he was an old, the ghost of an old English man. I think he he maybe, he maybe was, or otherwise he was just, I don't know, maybe like he saw I was having a party that night and he just maybe wanted to get involved in his own ghost way or whatever. Can I, can I just, can I just ask you lastly, like, was he dressed in a lot of stories we're reading here? Like people are like old Victorian times people. Was he dressed in like old Victorian robes or what what way would he have been dressed? No, he was, he was wearing full Adidas tracksuits and he had a Reebok classics on as well. Right. So, yeah. Did did you ever hear anything more from him? No, no, actually it didn't, but it was weird because you know why ghosts are normally like, they would kind of just like appear through walls and stuff. Yeah. He broke the, the window panel on the front door. <laughs> and like just let himself in by turning the lock. It's crazy. That is crazy. Thanks for telling me that story. I'll be I'll be no vegetant in case he comes yeah, to haunt definitely me. Do. Definitely, definitely do. Because the thing about it is, where is it you where are you recording the podcast today? Hollywood. It was in Hollywood. Oh, shit. All right, well, look, we'll get this wrapped up ASAP and get out of here, but cheers for that. Good luck. Be safe, guys. Bye. All right, thanks, brother. (laughs) I mean, that's a haunting tale, for sure. Thanks very much to Dave for that. Zippers, let me really quickly interrupt the podcast to tell you we have a new sponsor for the Friday episode of the pods, and that is Jube Jubes. Now that's fun to say already, Jubes is funny because it sounds like, you know, and JubeJubes.com sponsor the podcast, they're the UK's biggest online confectionery store, hey, sweeties, we all love sweeties, but we'll buy the same boring stuff in the garage, we get bored of the same things, JubeJubes has every type of sweet you can think of, they have crack cookies, they have loads of vegan stuff, 10% of the profits go to charity, and it's a good time, JubeJubes.com. Look at what Jube Jubes have sent us here to the studio. We've got lollies with smiley faces. That's instantly making me smile. We've got unicorn popcorn. We've got candy floss marshmallows. Retro corn cola cubes. Milk chocolate lollies with marshmallows. Sparkling rosé gummies. Excuse me, has there ever been more of a Northdown product than sparkling rosé gummies? Unbelievable. 
sparkling rosé gummies, fizzy bubbly gummies, mojito gummies. I mean, what what is not the love here? Legally addictive surprise party cookies made from crackers, toffee, chocolate sprinkles. Dan, eat eat these. Eat these. That didn't go anywhere near you, but please. Ah, uh, honey, honeycomb, lollies, sweeties. It's sweeties. Jubejubes.com. Thank you for sponsoring the Friday episode of the podcast. Check out the website. Buy fun sweets this Halloween. I ask listeners for questions. I ask listeners for their own Halloween haunted tales. And if anyone had seen or or heard anything freaky. And speaking of freaks, Matthew Mernon gets in touch and says, Oh, that, well, wait, hold on. And there, my dad just sent me a text asking if I can get him fruit scones on the way home. Um, okay, I want, like, a listener's, like... Okay, so Tom's get, Tom gets in touch and says... I've heard there's a couple of ghosts hanging about Hibernia Street toilets in Hollywood. I mean, they, I don't know if, there is, yes, there is a lot of figures and spirits that do hang around public toilets. Um, A lot of, like, the spirits and ghosts of certainly older gentlemen quite a lot that like to, you know, spend a lot of time there. And I have actually seen a lot of these ghosts shapeshift through the walls. And what I mean by that is, I have seen shapes come through the wall. You know, when I have been in these toilets, I have actually seen these ghosts move themselves through the wall, like directly where I'm at the toilet. Like I've seen ghosts sort of come, like come through the come through the wall, um, and they come through like a, a a small circle shape, and they try and get themselves through, but they can't get all themselves through. Like a lot of time, they can only get like a small piece. Well, sometimes they're small. Sometimes they can get a large piece of themselves. Um, through and sometimes the balls as well but that's definitely one to look out for um, Dave sends a message and say, before we phoned him there and says stop sitting on my seat in the studio and tell Dan to get off my table um, so I think he's been, he's been haunted by the ghost of somebody with a bad attitude so Naomi Mitchell who's a, a big sipper gets in touch and says visited a supposedly haunted house years ago Story is the family died in a house fire and it's the dad's angry spirit that terrorises people. You have to walk up a field to get to the house and once I got to the path, I instantly got the feeling I didn't want to be there. Really horrible vibes. Kept thinking somebody was following me. Had a nosy around the house then heard the sound of someone running outside. Loose stones, pebbles on the ground. We were all inside so instantly said, fuck off, who's that? We were too scared to go out and look in case a ghost or someone was going to murder us. We finally made a dash back to the car and never went back. Traumatised. Um, what I like there, it sounds like you have a real pussy ghost too when you said fuck off. The ghost like, alright, no worries. Apologies. Uh, I mean, it takes a lot to scare a ghost, but it sounds like that worked. Um, I went to Donegal whenever, whenever I was about 14 with my family and I went with a friend, I brought a friend from school as well, the caretaker, and he... <laughs> <laughs> that's silly it wasn't it wasn't it was a headmaster no it, it was a friend from school and we were in this house and like my mum and all went into the town in Donegal and me and my mate were just like staying in the house for like a couple hours and I think we like were sleeping in two separate parts of the house whatever way the bedrooms went and so I was like I'm going to go for a sleep here or whatever he's like yeah me too 
And then I would hear this like knock on my like knock on the front door. And then I went out and opened the door and there was nobody there. I closed it. I was like, shit, who's that? Went back in, heard this knock again. And then about a year later he told me that was him. But I went and stood outside the front of the house and waited till my mummy came home. I waited. And I mean I should have known it was him because you know, he was also in the house and he was always at the front door whenever I went down there being like, yeah, who is that? You know, it's the equivalent to someone tapping your shoulder. You turn around, you're like, the fuck was that? Um, Alana says, there's a number of places in Northern Ireland that are said to be haunted by ghosts, e.g. Ballygally Castle, Beaver Park Hospital, Crumlin Road Jail, to name a few. But would you sleep over in any of these locations or join a parallel investigation at a haunted site? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of being Billy Big Balls here, being like, oh, there's no such thing as ghosts or spirits. At the same time, would I sleep over in Crumlin Road Jail? Nope. You know why? Because I think I would say there's no such thing as ghosts, and I think I would find out that night that there are ghosts. So I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't like to do that. Would I stay over in Beaver Park Hospital? I mean, if I'd like broken my shin or something, yes. You know, if it was part of the treatment. But ordinarily, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. I don't know, like, it takes a lot to, because I'm like, you know, a tough man, it takes a lot to physic to actually scare me. But I think if you're in that environment of like Crumlin Road Jail when they're doing the haunted tours, I, I would be made, I, you can make me jump pretty easy, you know what I mean? So I think if I was staying there and I heard a, a totally normal noise, I think I'd be way more paranoid and way more alert. But would I do a, a paranormal investigation? Yes. Should we do that as like a, vlog for the podcast yes i would be well someone show me a ghost get in touch with the podcast show us paranormal activity please not the film imagine we went for a paranormal tour and it was just some fella showing us paranormal activity on dvd in his house watch us here fucking freak you out have you ever seen a ghost if you yourself were a ghost what location in northern ireland would you choose to haunt you can only haunt one place for your whole ghost life um where where would I haunt? I was going to say, like, my own house because I'd want to still be around my family, but then that'd be sly. You know, my granny used to always say she would come back and, and haunt me. Like, just for no reason. I always thought that was pretty terrifying. Um, that isn't a question. Barra gets in touch, staying along the freaky theme, and says, can you talk a little bit about the impact and readiness requirements for negative interest rates on the banks? Thanks. Uh can I talk a little bit about it? Yes. I think it wouldn't be good. So that's me talking a little bit about it, and I, I don't understand that. I mean, I don't understand anything. We got a letter to the office here that seemed to make a lot of sense, and I had to give it to Mike and go, will you make sense of this? Because I don't understand it, even though it was there was there was an explanation page with the letter. So there we go. Um, Ryan Bell, big new car, son. Go on, because I posted a video asking for questions in a car. I'm driving my dad's car. I don't have a new car. Um... Scooter's new song, we already talked about that. Um, Brendan Gribben says, is Chivalry dead? Also, when is Filthy's back open? I mean, I don't know if I'd put those two things together. You know, because Brendan's like, is Chivalry dead? When can I get back into Filthy's to practice Chivalry? Um, is Chivalry dead? I think if you're on the dating scene again now, I imagine people would find old traditional Chivalry and courtship like, really weird and gross. You know what I mean? Like, I think, because the likes of Tinder nowadays, I think if you, you know what I mean, if you said to someone, like, 
you know, you'd like to take them out for like a meal and, you know, take things slow. I think people be like, are you some sort of weird sex pervert? You know, I think almost now it's like you, you, you people get to the point a lot quicker and there's less of a, there's less of a courtship nowadays. It just, it feels like that. Maybe that isn't the case, but I don't think chivalry's dead. But then again, if you did something like old school, like if you sent roses to a girl's house, I think she would immediately phone the police. And be like, there is some creep sending flowers to my house. That kind of thing you don't do anymore. But but that's like an old style thing. Like I've said in the podcast before. Like, if you wanted to be cool in the like 60s, the 50s, maybe even the 70s. And you wore like some mad outfit. People were like, this guy's so cool. He's wearing like big flares. You have some sort of mad haircut. You're wearing a big like mad jacket. You know, the idea of cool back then was like maybe guys who like disco danced or whatever. But that wasn't cool. It was just that there was no social media. So people couldn't very quickly tell you, you look like a twat. It just, it took so long for the news to filter back to you that people thought you looked like a fucking nerd. <laughs> that people were like, hey, I'm going to go out. Dr-. Like, you know, like John Travolta in Saturday Night Fever. Everybody's like, he looks so cool. He had the big like permed hair. He had the big, you know, Harry Hill shirt collar the bell bottoms on and he's dancing in clubs and everyone's like, he's so cool. It's just that it took about a year for the word to get back to him and everyone's like, mate, you look like a fucking donut here. You know, whereas nowadays, you know, if you even try to put on like some sort, and I, which I have found out to my detriment, like if you put on some sort of jacket that people don't like, it takes nine seconds for people to be like, what the fuck are you doing with your life? Wearing a cream denim jacket on television and it hurts. When's Filthy's back open? I don't I don't know. Believe it or not, I don't know. I don't have the inside scoop on that. Mm, I missed some questions on, on the podcast earlier in the week. Um Hey man, that's that's weird. Um Dawson Clellan says, if there was a Halloween type purge, what would what would your plan of attack be? Uh if there was a Halloween style purge, I would I would not be attacking, I'd be defending. You know what I mean? Like I would, I would probably want to defend. I would probably start some sort of association to defend. You know, I would get together with a lot of people that live. I'd say a lot of people would do it like, you know, province by province. So I would get together with a lot of people in Ulster, and I would probably start some sort of defence association. Do you know what I mean? Like I would, I would get in touch with people from all walks of life and be like, "Do you want to join the Defence Association of Ulster?" You know, that would be my plan of defence. Would probably be to start a new group and say, "Listen, we're open to everyone. Do you want to join the Ulster Defence Association?" And I think that would be a good name for it. Or we could call ourselves like the, because uh, we would hate the fact that people were attacking us, so we would be irritated. Would be like the irritated. Um, the irritated, respectable, because, you know, we don't want to go out and fight, so we're like the irritated, respectable um, association. So I would also say, that, I'd say, we can either be the Ulster, the Defence Association of Ulster, or we could be the respected association of irritated people. So it's one it's one or two things. Um, and I got a message, oh, wow. Um Get ready for this haunted message. Gary says, My mate Kaz is planning for his first comedy gig post-lockdown in Lauren Rugby Club. Any tips for him? Um, 
any tips don't do don't do jokes about covid or about things that people think you're going to do jokes about because if you anyone plans material about lockdown all that kind of thing you'll be on stage and the act on before you will be thinking they'll also do the same jokes if that makes sense i would say get some get some original jokes don't worry about if it, if it is his first gig, I don't know, this might actually be a piss take, and this guy might be like, I'm only joking, he's not doing a gig and all, he just thinks he's a comedian. I don't know if your mate really is doing a gig in Lauren Rugby Club, but if he is, I would say, be deprecating, be confident, and don't wear a cream denim jacket, because people will tell you to fuck off and send you hate messages. Um, Someone says, can you follow me back? No. Davey says... On a late now I haven't read this beforehand, so hopefully it's fine. One time on a late winter's night deep in County Down, myself and a few mates were driving home in the early hours on a very cold but clear night. On a small country road, we came round a corner to the most terrifying sight. An old lady in a dressing gown, head down, just standing there. Now, that does, that does freak me out of it. Needless to say, we all screamed and nearly shot our boxers. Shortly after we came across a second car, they were staff from the old people's home just down the road. The poor old lady went for a stroll. She was fine. Our nerves were not. Never drove that road again at night. Um, yeah, that is, that is pretty terrifying. But imagine, imagine, right, if you had helped her back to the to an old person's home and, you know, all the staff were there and you helped her back to the old person's home and you went inside and the staff were like, you know, do you want to have a meal for being such great people? And you actually spent about an hour there and, you know, it was all good and you, you got her in and you heard her life story and, you know, you heard that she was called, like, Myrtle, you know, and you made a wee connection with her and you're like, listen, Myrtle, we're happy you're back home. And you'd actually never been to this old person's home before. You didn't even know it was there. And imagine the next morning you told your parents about it or, you know, some family and you were like, you don't believe this and told them about the old person's home and then imagine your family went, what are you talking about? There hasn't been an old... Oh, <laughs> imagine if your imagine if family were like, there hasn't been an old person's home there since the 1970s or maybe the 50s because that's a scarier decade. 70s was all dancing and all. You know, could you imagine? And then you were like, they were like, no, we met Myrtle. And imagine if they went, no, the reason there isn't an old people's home there is because Myrtle killed everyone. Oh, that'd be so freaky. Um, never drove that road at night again. Um, I mean, it depends. If it's massively inconvenient, then I'd say do drive the road. I mean, she's probably, you know what I mean? They're probably going to like clamp down and are getting out now. So, um, Someone says Linfield or Glen Torren. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't support either side. I don't support either of those teams. I just like Irish league football. Leave me alone. I put out a tweet a couple of days ago saying, "Let me commentate on an Irish league game because Irish league clubs are now uh, streaming their own games because of um, COVID and stuff." And I said, "Let me commentate on a game." And Glen Avon, Warren Point, and Portadown have come back to me and said, "Let's make it happen." So I will commentate on their in-house TV channels for a game for all those clubs because I just really want to do it. Peter Bargett says, have you ever had any messages from Jamie Dornan or McElroy about mentioning them and the Mike McGoldrick skits? You know, no. You know, they, you know, they are, I think, doing well enough that they don't need an extra push from me 
in my videos, um, you know, a more likely message would be messages from them going, hey, can you stop mentioning us in your Mike McGoldrick skits? Than, hey, give us a wee mention here. Um, so I, I haven't, no. But um, if I did have to not mention them in Mike McGoldrick skits, there would be nothing that there would be no McGoldrick material to talk about. Uh, okay, it's just a message about commentating the Irish League games. Um, okay, Gary Armour says, I know you get a lot of good free training gear, but what is the weirdest item you've ever been sent by a fan or company? Or have you got any good stories about weird interactions with fans? Probably the Murray's painting and decorating Sip Sip customised mug. I wouldn't say it's weird, I would say it's spectacular and I really like it. And if anybody that listens to the podcast has a um, has a company or a business and you do have like mugs for the office, you know, if you're like a car dealer, if you are a drug dealer, if you ha- if you sell opium on a unicycle and you have a mug and you want to send us it, what we're going to do is we're like renovating the studio in a way at the minute. We're building a bit of a set. So send us a mug. Do 120 High Street Hollywood BT18 9 HA 9 HW and uh, and we'll we'll display them. Have I been sent anything really weird? Um No, I don't think I don't think anything really I mean, I've definitely had businesses and stuff get in touch and say, Can we send you uh, insert product? And there's been times before where I've been like, no. Because it, you know, it wouldn't really make sense. Like I make jokes about, um, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm number one influencer, hashtag influencer, bless life. But at the same time, I think you still do get sent stuff where people are like, hey, can we send you, can we send you our new range of uh, yogurts made exclusively from meat? You know, like, can we send you bacon meat yogurts? Some startup company in Lisburn, and and I, I mean, that does not that doesn't sound too bad, but I'll have to just be like, oh no, thanks. If it's something that like I think makes sense for me to do, then I will I will take it. Uh, <laughs> that's so entitled. Um, okay, that doesn't make sense. Can't read that. Oh Morrison, need to get my granny a Christmas present, but I haven't a bottle day. Any suggestions? Um, if you gotta get your granny a Christmas present, what do you buy grannies? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't have any grannies. <laughs> That's the saddest sentence that's ever been said on a podcast. <laughs> I don't have any grannies. Um, don't have any grandas either. Cheers. Um. I don't know. I I mean, back in the day, I never really went wrong buying my granny an ashtray of wherever I was on holiday. You know, if I was in Tenerife, I'd get my granny a wee Tenerife ashtray. I was in Lanzarote, get her a wee Lanzarote ashtray. Um, I don't know if your granny smokes, but if she does, just get her a cl- get her a class ashtray. Um, tea with me mug. A tea with. That's a brand man. That's a company man right there. Shopify.com. We put it in the description of the, all the podcasts. We have a merch store with mugs like this. Look at that. Tea with me mug. That's what you do. You get it you get it for your granny. And um you get her you get her a, a, a money toad t shirt, you get her a sipper t shirt, you just get her really on board with this podcast. And then um and if she says to you, 
Oh, I, I don't know what a pod... What's a podcast? I don't listen to that podcast. You go, Granny, see a fella at host that. He doesn't have any grandparents. Would so just be happy that you got something. <laughs> because, you know, life is... It's better to have life than be ungrateful for receiving what is actually a nice mug at a pretty reasonable price. I actually think your granny might like this. But I think grannies might like this podcast. You know, sometimes I say something a bit rude... Or I'll, I'll make a reference to something that they won't get. But I th- I think grannies would like me. I think grannies like me. I think I'm alright. Um, Max, M-A-C-S. I don't know if it's Max or just M-A-C-S. Um, we did a um, charity read last week for or, or earlier in the week for Autism NI. Um, Max, again, if it's M-A-C-S, I apologise. They say... Um, Shane, this is Matt from Max, a charity based in Belfast supporting young people across Northern Ireland experiencing homelessness and or mental health problems. We have a big event coming up soon. We'd really appreciate your support. Even a quick shout out on social media. Would it be okay if I email you some info? I mean, I thought he'd heard the podcast last week and this was a thing. But yes, you can send me it. But I'll just make people aware of it now. So, Max are, um, yeah, a charity supporting children and young people. They're dedicated to helping uh, people aged 6 to 25 who haven't had a fair deal. Um, yes, we'll do that on the next podcast. But uh, And, you know, apologies if you didn't mean for me to read that message out. But again, I don't think it's going to do any harm because I've just mentioned the charity. And whatever it is you want to send me, yes, we'll read it out. And if anybody else has any, you know, charity shout-outs or anything like that, we will definitely do them because we've been doing those since pretty much the start of lockdown. Um, I want to talk about that kid's video. You know that kid who says he's a busy man? I want to talk about that in a second, but I'm going to make sure um, that... Because we had some questions earlier in the week that I didn't get around to asking. Yeah, we've got to talk about that kid's video. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Uh, hang on. Oh, Jesus Christ tonight. Okay, right. Yes. Uh, Liam says, did you visit the East Belfast GAA club? Um, I, I don't, well, they don't have a, I don't think they have a clubhouse, so I didn't visit the club, but I did gigs for East Belfast GAA club just before the old second shutdown type thing. Um, but I haven't visited East Belfast GAA club. Uh, probably will. Maybe I would take in a game at some point. Yeah, sure. Uh, maybe that was all the... Yeah, maybe that was all the questions. Right, we've got to talk about this kid's video. So, how do I find... I don't know. I don't know how... I f- Basically, right, to set this up, I don't know if we can play it or not, but there's a kid in Northern Ireland who... I don't know if he's six, seven, eight. I don't. It's hard to know what age. You know, when, when people aren't toddlers and they're not teenagers, I'm like, I have no idea. And I say that as a father of a young child. I mean, I don't even know what age he is. But... This kid basically is talking to his mum about all the jobs he has on and, you know, he's clearly, like, listened to, I know whether it's dad or someone in his family who who's, like, a workman and he's going through all these jobs and in it he says, I'm a busy man and he lists all these jobs and there's nothing funnier than that. Like, you could write comedy sketches, you could do all that kind of thing, but when you have a kid who is deadly serious about the work that he's doing. Like, he firmly believes he is doing all this. 
and he's like mentioning all these like local characters, none more so than Ronan McAlisky. Ronan McAlisky. Ronan McAlisky. So in the video, the kids like, I'm heading up here to do some work for Ronan McAlisky, and even the mum like, who is Ronan McAlisky? And he's like, sure, Ronan McAlisky up a road. <laughs> and then I think I saw in the Irish news that they they contacted Ronan McAlisky, and Ronan McAlisky's like, yeah, my wife showed me the video, and uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. And apparently, it turns out Ronan McAlisky. It's just like a guy that dad buys building supplies off and a kid just really loves Ronan McAlisky. And that is so funny because as a kid, there were these like, as a, as, a, as a young boy, there were these mates of your dad's or people you knew that you were just like, you were just like into, you know, you were into them as a person. You know, you were just like, you pick up on someone and it was never like, it was never like an uncle or it was never someone that was like your dad's best mate. But you would like meet this person and then be so inquisitive about this person. And I think as a kid, you always used their full name. You know what I mean? Like Raw Ronan McAlisky up the road. I don't know. There's just something about that that I really enjoy. I think let's watch. Let's get the video. Dan, were you looking at it there? No. No, looking for it. Looking for it. Um, how would I find it? Busy. I'm a busy. I'm going. I'm just going to search. I'm a busy man. And of course, it's already there as like something people have searched a lot. Uh, Hang on, I think I have it. What did you search for to get it? What's the What's the channel? I've got it on Facebook. Oh, I've got it. I've got it. Sorry, I've got it. Right, so here we go. Let's just play this. What's peak about this is that the kid is wearing an O'Neill's sports top and it's got tractors on it. And I'm like, I, has he had that designed himself? Has he custom designed that himself? And he's like, I'm in the two things. I'm in the O'Neill's gear and I'm in the tractors. Let's do a brand collab here. I mean, you know, nobody under 60 should say it's a queer day for the concrete. That's somebody who's just... What I love most about this as well is he's not like performing, he's not like trying to get a laugh, he just in his head, he's like, I have all this work on, and no wonder he's like, he says he's a busy man in the video because he's doing 20 things. I mean, it made me feel like, shit, I need to get more into gear and do more work around the house. <laughs> That's such a kid lie to be like, oh, I just bought a new car there. I mean, <laughs> putting up barbed wire, strimming hedges. I mean, even just one of those jobs would have me working for a week. If I was strimming hedges, I'd take two weeks off. He's strimming hedges, he's getting windows put into a house, he's getting a license for a car, and my best, my favourite one's coming up, it's just where he's like, going down to Dublin to look at a digger. He's going to Dublin to look, he's not even committed to buy it, he's willing to just, he's also fitting into his day, a trip to Dublin to look at a digger. I mean, why is he not just looking online 
and getting pictures of it and understanding the spec and being like, okay, yes, I'll buy that. I'm <laughs> By the way, he's like, I'm going to look at a digger, £20 would do. I have no doubt that this kid would be able to negotiate £20 for buying a tractor. He's just such a good talker, he'd talk the guy into it. He's going to John Paul's to dig out his drains. John Paul doesn't even know his drains are about to be dug out. He hasn't said, I might ask John... John Paul's just going to wake up and that kid's going to be out there and go, that's your, that's your drains, Doug. I don't even know what that means. What do you mean you're digging his drains? Like, that is obviously a thing. This child is four years old and he's digging people's... If he was like, here, do you want your drains, Doug? I'd say, yeah, but I don't know. Or, how do you dig my drains? Does that mean empty and open drains? I don't understand. And I'm going up the rankies now. <laughs> He know, right, so the best thing is, when he says he's a busy man, he laughs, and then that, in the longer version of the video, my favourite bit is when he says about, like, he might, he might have steak with garlic cubes, because <laughs> he gets so carried away with all the work that he's doing that he sees himself as this, like, big operator, and he is a big operator, and he's like, here, we're having steak tonight. I mean, the confidence of a child to turn around to his mum and be like, here, buy steak, and then his mum goes, oh, steak's expensive, and he tells her specifically where to buy it. <laughs> As a kid, I didn't know, I didn't know where you would buy, at that age, I, I don't know where you'd buy food. You know what I mean? I certainly didn't know, you know, the idea of the value of money and the fact that, oh, stuff's dear here, cheaper there. He j just having that answer off the top of your head, where his mum's like, steak's dear, he's like, here, not in this supermarket, it's not. You know what I mean? So, I love that, and um, I put out a tweet yesterday saying I wanted to get Ronan McAllisky on the podcast and uh, people really enjoyed it, but I would love to get Ronan McAllisky on the podcast, and I'd love to get that kid on the podcast, so maybe next week we could try and set that up with like his parents, and see if we could do some sort of Zoom thing, and I could ask him like what he's been up to, and what work he has on, and we are renovating a bit of the studio, so maybe he's the man to get in, if we can afford him, and see see what kind of renovations he can do for us, we get, we get down, and he's put in like full new electrical system, he's painted it, he's dug out the drains, and I'm like, how have you done that, because it's an indoor studio, he's like, don't worry about it, I've done it, um, I really enjoyed that, and that video will make you feel better about everything in your life, if you watch it, just very, very, very enjoyable video, um, Sippers, thank you very much for listening and watching the podcast if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast on apple Podcasts. if you want to rate and review it that would be great the podcast is always filmed by michaelfoster.tv and a lot of people have got in touch with me like that's nice you say his business name it's not his business name that michaelfoster.tv his surname is .tv so he couldn't have gone into any other business um so thank you very much then we'll link we'll link you know what we're doing? We're linking everything. We've got the Max Charity. We'll put the merchandise shop. We'll put Jup Jup. We'll put Jup Jup in. And here's the thing about Jup Jup. That's a bit... I mean, if Jup Jup weren't paying to be a new sponsor, I might just have them anyway because Jup Jup... I mean, oh, no, I don't need the money. But Jup Jup is potentially the most fun sponsor name to say of all time. Just Jup Jup. I love that. I enjoy it. And uh, thanks to them for sponsoring. Do check them out. They are, as always, linked in the, in the uh, description as well. Sippers, enjoy your Halloween. Don't go Halloween rhyming. Save it the next year. All the best. Thank you. Bye. Cheers. I know uh, we would have done longer here, but I'm a busy man. <laughs>